When two boys compete, there's only one solution. Try the lemonade! <laughs> You're listening to Return to Gilead. A fan podcast for Down Gilead Lane. By two new but saved fans of the show. I'm Ryan Matlock. Aww. And I'm Michael LaFaver. And today we're reviewing 6-10, The Price of Peace by Beth Culp. Episode 81 on our return to Gilead. Wow, what an episode this time. This was a this was yeah. a really powerful one. I I'm still a little shaky on what I feel about like overall with the episode as it compares to other episodes of Gilead because it it wasn't oh. it didn't really stand out as far as like a plot goes or the events weren't really too memorable. It was a lot of Caleb talking with other people, but man, there are some really really good moments in here. You ready to jump into mm-hmm. it? Yes. Okay. Here's the summary for this episode. Separated from his parents and at his lowest point, Caleb finally finds hope down Gilead Lane. Meanwhile, Michael and Vincent come to a head when they keep tying each other in every game they play. Now, that's a, a really funny subplot. Of, of right. Like, we see them start off where they're playing horse, and Maya comes up, and Maya's, like, trying to do her peacekeeping from the previous episode. And then she's like, hey, you, you two should stop fighting. And they're trying to tell her, no, we're not fighting. We, we just want to compete with each other. And I find it really funny, and I think everyone else is making a way bigger deal out of it than it, it actually is. But that's, that's cool that Michael finally has somebody who can challenge him or can uh, give him a run for his money, I think is how kind of yes. how John puts it. Yeah. I found this whole peacemaking thing. Actually, it fades right into my pun rating for this episode. Ooh. Because the title of the episode is The Price of Peace, which you wouldn't think it's really a pun so much because it's just kind of saying peace and that's kind of what part of the episode is about. But... The peace is double meaning. It means the peace that comes from knowing God, because Caleb accepts Christ in this episode, but also the peace that comes from making up interpersonally with other people. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Well, it's also what Maya has to go to to try to find peace. She has to leave her house and then go to the Morrisons, and even when she's there, she's not at peace so she has so she feels like she has to intervene and give them a piece of her mind and even though they're going to go inside and add a bunch of nasty pieces to a sandwich and also Mr. Donner gives them $20 to pay the price for some take some fast food and that leads and to since, peace and since he's a police officer he probably is carrying a piece <laughs> and then when Vincent and Michael are making sandwiches. They're peace B and J. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. <laughs> and well, our pun rating for this episode of our <laughs> puns is ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I like how it ties in, uh, especially since like especially because of that double meaning. Uh, but yeah, maybe that would maybe that's a good transition to talk about what. What was the parallel between these two storylines? Because I'm I'm kind of having a, a hard time seeing it. Is it just making peace? No. So okay. it is uh, the tie-in. You have to look at it through the lens of the Beatitudes because that's been this whole album or the, rather this whole season. Naturally. Uh, thing is that each episode or at least most of the episodes are tying back to a part of the Beatitudes thing blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who mourn who, mm-hmm. me- who are meek those who hunger and thirst for righteousness merciful pure in heart peacemakers when you look at that last one blessed are the peacemakers we see that 
for the past two or three episodes, that's kind of been the background thing with Maya. But then that whole thing, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, man. That's really good. That's really good. Okay. I like this. All right. All right. Well, in that case, now that we've set the stage, do you want to talk about Michael and Vincent first or do you want to talk about Caleb's side first? I don't have much to say about Michael and Vincent. Well, um, I can talk about version differences. So let's start there. <laughs> well, yeah. So the version differences for this episode are oh. the whole sandwich scene was cut from the CD version. Good. <laughs> <laughs> they should have just put pickled pig's feet on the sandwich. That would have made it perfect. Uh, so that no, scene is but cut. seriously, good. <laughs> it was painful. Then there's an extended version too. on the MP3 of when Michael and Vincent are playing. I think they're playing horseshoes. And... Then all the Morrisons are there, and Timmy's, they're talking about how Timmy got in front of the ball or, or the horseshoe. Or I forget, man, that horseshoe would hurt. There's, there's something, and they're, they're going on for a little <laughs> bit longer in the MP3 version than on the CD version. And then Maya tells them to stop about the same time on the CD and MP3. And then there's one line that's cut from the final conversation between Caleb and Anthony, where Caleb says, well, that's because of the sin thing, right? On the MP3 version, Anthony goes, yep. See, the punishment for sin is death and and this and that. And then Caleb goes, well, that's pretty steep. And Anthony goes, yeah, it is. And the CD version, it just cuts right from that's because of the sin thing, right? And Anthony goes, yeah, it is. It's not a a huge difference. It's just a little line. The Michael and (laughs) Vincent thing is funny because it sort of adds another layer to an otherwise very dark episode with Caleb and what Caleb's going through. And we get the lighthearted side and a progression from back in, I think, The Best Man Wins, which I think is an even better pun for that episode because it foreshadows this one. They're both the best man and neither of them wins. And back in that episode, that was when they first started uh, the play with each other or like when they first got to know each other because they had the whole thing, the ball going through the window. And, And now they've been hanging out through the whole season. We haven't really seen a lot of them, but it all comes to a head and neither of them ends this episode winning. And I think that's really fun. I like that Caleb is the one that partially resolves things between them, or at least brings them closer to resolution. Prior, if you sort of look where he starts in the beginning of the season, he's his advice towards Michael actually causes strife. Yep. Where he's like, Hey, my dad can get you into anything. And then now here he is resolving a dispute. And I think that's a really cool continuation of his arc. It sort of just displays a contrast by giving him the same scenario sort of for the same person at two different times. I hadn't thought about that. That's really good. Um, he jumps in there at, at the end, but then before then there's a scene with, with Anthony where Anthony goes, now, hold on, why don't we play sudden death? And then that doesn't end up working because they both <laughs> they both make the shot and then Michael starts arguing about, no, that's that's automatic dis- that's an automatic loss, I win, automatic miss. And then Caleb comes in with that line. So yeah, that, that is good to bring that out. Caleb is almost unrecognizable of where he was before. Why don't we listen to the clip of the day, which is from his conversation with John at the beginning, because that's a powerful opening to this episode. What, you want to get out of here, huh? Yeah. Yeah? Good. What for, kid? <laughs> I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Come on, answer the question. I, I don't Come know. Come on! I, so I can live my life, okay? Okay. I've been praying you would. What? I've been praying you want to start living your life. 
And the only shot you have at that is to let Jesus Christ take over and lead you. Listen, your Christianity stuff is fine for you, No, 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 I don't want to hear your excuses. I know you've been wondering all year what makes Anthony Donner different, not to mention your sister Maya. And I also know that they told you it's Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah, well, well Caleb, you've got a decision to make. You can't keep sitting on the fence when you've got the chance at a real life in front of you. John Morrison is one of the greatest characters in all of audio drama because he's got such integrity, such a great actor behind him, Roger Mueller. He knows how to communicate with people who are like going down a wrong path. Caleb, he knows how to how to minister to them, as we've seen with him talking with Caleb. I think in, in a future episode, he does that even just leading his kids, but then also reaching out to this poor boy who doesn't know what's going on with his life. And speaking this truth to him, being being tough with him, it really affects Caleb, I think. If John wasn't there, maybe Caleb wouldn't have come to that conclusion. So how great for him to be encouraging his kids. Yeah, you need to be reaching out to the Richters and being good friends with them, but also doing it himself and then stepping in and saying, come on, Caleb, give me an answer. What are you doing with your life? Yeah, yeah. And you talked about his integrity uh, in this uh, scene. It's actually interesting that several things have to be the case for him to have a bit of integrity in this scene. Because there, uh, when Hannah and I were listening earlier, there was a question she asked mm-hmm. that in answering it, it displayed that this scene is in a very rocky place. Oh? Because he is a judge, and they know that Caleb didn't do it. Like, he knows it. Even Mr. Donner knows it, but yet Caleb's in jail, right? Yeah. What Hannah asked was, what are, what are the legal ramifications of authorities who know that someone's completely innocent of a crime holding them in jail? Hmm. And then on top of that, implying, like, Mr. or Mr. Morrison doesn't say it outright, but he kind of implies at the end when he says a line like, you might as well be in a cage. Like, if you don't follow Christ, you might as well be in a cage. It's not quite that line, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You're the only one who can ask Christ to come in and set you free. And until then, you might as well be sitting in a jail cell. It sort of implies that he's saying, get saved or stay in prison, which... He means it more philosophically than he does literally, but even so, Caleb later, he's asking Mr. Donner, like, when can I leave? And he's like, oh, you're free to go anytime. But they never told him that. Well, So he's he's being held in prison without being told he can leave. Yeah. Unless he asks. It's kind of, it's it's weird. But as I thought through the scene, there were a couple things that Mr. Morrison says that place him in a state of integrity rather than a state of what are you doing as an authority? Okay. Let's hear um, this. Because he said, first off, he establishes early on that he's I'm not here as a judge. He's not there as a judge, which means that when he says that you might as well be in a cage, essentially, he's not saying you should go to prison. He's saying philosophically, metaphorically, you are in a cage of your own making. Which is true, because part of the reason that he took the drink in the first place from Tiffany in the prior episode is not just to get her safe. 
It's a twofold reason. He wants to protect his sister, but the reason he wants to protect his sister is not for nobility's sake. It's because he thinks that he's a bad kid yeah. and sort of a scapegoat of sorts. Like, he can get in trouble because he already got in trouble. He already messed up. Everyone already thinks he's a terrible person. And that's part of the reason he's opposed to people thinking he's a good person. He's like, no, 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 I've already got my label. Mm-hmm. Let me maintain my bad kid label because that's all I'll ever be. That was his thing in, what was it, Split Decision too, right? Yeah. But yeah, he did he, in Split Decision and then in the last episode, Fair Warning, where he took the drink. And so when Mr. Morrison says that, it's because the prison is not lack of following Christ so much as the prison is that he thinks he's a bad kid and nothing can ever change that. Christ mm-hmm. is what changes that. The prison is one of Caleb's old, own making where he thinks that the only place he can go is to be a bad person, which is basically prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so just the fact that the ma- that Judge Morrison establishes I'm not here as a judge speaks volumes about the position that he's communicating these things from, because it would be perfectly fine for Mr. Taylor to show up and say all these things. It's just like, you might think, oh, well, he's the judge and he knows that he's innocent, so he should get him out of jail. Well, even so, there is still a a due process where like, if the police pick you up at a party, your parents are going to pick you up, not just any random person. And also it would look possibly like corruption for the judge and the police to pick up somebody, have them com- have them confess to a crime, and then say, oh no, you didn't commit that crime, and turn them over. Especially the son of the most powerful man in town. Right, right. And so part of the, pr- part of the prison is his confession as well. Yeah, back in the previous one, where he was about to say, look, this isn't what it looks like, and then he just says, it's mine. And John yeah. seems, to, seems to imply at the beginning of the episode... Why did you do that? You didn't have to do that. And also, based on what he'd said the previous episode, maybe you should have let your sister take the fall for it. And we realize that Caleb's got this messed up worldview that leads him to think that, that, man, I'm I'm the bad kid. I need I need to be the one who makes the bad decisions. Yeah. That plays into the whole um, why he's stuck there. Uh, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. So, yeah, lots of very... Subtle things, but Hmm. they all go to make sure that the scene, which a lot could go wrong with the scene and make it uh, have problems and just uh, look bad from a legal or moral or ethical standard, (laughs) but everything fits in perfectly to make it not so. Mm -hmm. It's also a question I had first listening to this episode when Caleb is talking back to the judge and when Judge Morrison's or John Morrison, not the judge. When John says, it wasn't your drink you were holding, was it? And Caleb says, like, so what if it was? Or or something. And John goes, now listen, I won't tolerate such disrespect, young man. You got that? And then later on, he presses and like, come on, what do you do you want to get out of jail? Come on, just tell me. He's walking a very fine line there, but I think he also knows how to walk it. And Beth Culp also knows how to ride it to where it's not, it's not like you can't disrespect me, but I can disrespect you. It's, come on, I'm spurring you on to come to a conclusion about this. Unless. Yes. Yeah. And it's sort of judge... Or <laughs> now you got me saying it. And it's sort of that John Morrison is there for a very specific reason. And he's there to frame the discussion in a specific direction. And that needs to be an efficient conversation. So whenever Caleb tries to be like, oh, well, look, I don't really 
John Morrison generally pushes it in a different direction. He's like, no, 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 I didn't come here to listen to excuses. I came here to communicate to you that this is this is clearly something that you've been thinking about and focusing on, and here's the evidence right here. Mm-hmm. I'm putting this in your face. I didn't come here to hear you beat around the bush about it. And then at the end when he's saying, come on, what do you want to get out of here for? It's not him being belligerent or annoying. It's just him trying to say, like, look, here's the here is the question. <laughs> it's sort of yeah. there's, there's a line from uh, Avatar The Last Airbender where <laughs> Uh, the the guy's like, it's time to start asking yourself the big questions. Who are you, and what do you want? You know, the only and line I know from that, that show is moment. sometimes I just like to mess with people. Oh right, yeah, that's uh, Boomy, I think. Yeah, is I, the name I haven't of that seen character. the show, but my roommate uh, Jack. Uh, it's me worth that. it. It's <laughs> worth it. It's a good show. Anyway, back to this. Yes. Uh, so this is this is a uh, Caleb Zuko moment. <laughs> You would know what that means if you watch the show. <laughs> I've got a lot of backlog. Let's pivot from there if you're if you're cool with that. There's a scene sure. where Caleb comes back and we'll talk about his conversation with Anthony in a moment, but Tiffany is on the phone with Brad, which first off, e, and then she says something about uh Caleb not his her parents not going to pick up Caleb. And then she says, "That's not true and you know it, Brad Smith." And I'm wondering, what did Brad say? And Tiffany is still sticking up for Brad after all this time. Like when Caleb comes in and she says, I only called him because I was worried about you. And Caleb goes, yeah, right. She should know by now that Brad is no good. And she she doesn't get it. So I'm wondering if she, again, the what if, if she was thrown in jail, would she have a different perspective on Brad than she does in that scene? Well, she does. I think she calls Brad not because she trusts him so much as she just thinks he might have information. Okay, so you you do he was think in prison too? You think it, that's the actual actually what's going on? That she's telling the truth in this scene? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Because that's kind of how she talks about. That's how she's talking on the phone too. She's like, uh, when she says that's not true, and you know it, Brad Smith. I'm mm-hmm. gonna guess what happened was Brad said he's still in jail for having the drink, and she says that's not true, and you know it. Or, a, yeah, like, you know that wasn't his drink. Hmm. Okay. All of our talk about Tiffany's development throughout this season, I can kind of see, even from the previous ones, like with Hometown Heroes, with Maya talking with Tiffany, that little hint of genuineness uh, from Tiffany previously, I can really see here in this scene. When she says to her parents, I told you this was my drink, not his. And they hadn't listened to her before. And now that Caleb is corroborating it, they believe it. I can hear that in her voice where she really does want to be genuine. And she even tells her mom to stop, stop being mean to Caleb. And Tom is there yeah. too. And that was a, that was a surprising moment. I think Monica's starting to lose control. She realizes that when she says, I'm only trying to do what is best for this family. And then Tom has the reaction. Oh, you're making me sick. And then Tiffany reacts <laughs> about the same way because she's just thinking about, well, what about her public appearance? How would it look? And she says to Caleb, you put, they put our family's reputation on the line. They did. Who's they, the police, by arresting somebody who probably had alcohol? But then Caleb says, well, if you were that worried, why didn't you come and get me? That's also, yeah. the dynamite. Man, yeah. This is really Caleb's lowest point. He's he's at an even lower point now than he was in jail because now he's got these questions about who do I really belong to? Am I a Richter? Am I actually the bad kid of this family? Or is there someplace else I should be looking to belong to because my family isn't giving me the support I need? That's right. That's really fascinating. And it's also that 
it's interesting. I think it plays a part in his salvation that his family didn't come because when he's being told about how even in the midst of him being a sinful person and doing wrong, uh, Christ came and sacrificed for him. Mm -hmm. And he sees the contrast of his family when he's in prison for something he didn't even do. They won't even come for him because they're concerned with their image. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a very interesting contrast and it probably spoke volumes towards his eventual decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It did. With that said, can we end this review? We may. All right. So Caleb's a Christian now, and this is a nice episode. This is a huge step for his character development. And just to be able to review on the podcast, I was reminded going into this, I love this show. I love reviewing Down Gilead Lane. I like Return to Gilead and the stuff that we do on here. So this has been great. Yes. And continues to be. Speaking of continues to be, (laughs) the Return to Gilead website Mm -hmm. continues to be the best place to go if you want to learn more (laughs) about the podcast, view more episodes, or even view extended bonus content. Michael, yeah. where can people go to leave a voice message and get involved in this show, this groundbreaking well, material? you can go to anchor.fm slash return to Gilead in order to leave a voice message and your voice can be heard on this podcast. Or if you don't feel comfortable with that, you can go to returntogilead.com. There'll be ways to leave feedback, like as text feedback or email feedback or something like that. Has anyone ever reviewed the entirety of Down Gilead Lane in such a short time span? Oh, well, I mean, not even that. We're approaching the end of the slow walk down Gilead Lane. So we're, we're going See, into uncharted we're, territory We're going to be the first to review it, period. Yeah. And you could be the person who has your voice solidified in history as having been a part of this. Yeah, so be sure to join us next time when we review Pick Your Battles. That'll be episode 6-11. And until then, I'm still Michael. Well, actually, I changed my... Just kidding. I'm Ryan. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time with the penultimate review of Season 6 on our return to Gilead.